Redeemer family, welcome to another Formation Moment. I've got Pastor Drew with me today, and it is Pentecost Sunday. And so brief little Pentecost moment for you, uh, which we said during church a couple times today. This marks kind of the end of the Easter season. It's one Sunday, and then we go into ordinary time. Um, and so in the church calendar, we're celebrating the arrival of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost specifically, um, which is where this sermon kind of talked a little bit about. Um, the other kind of thing before we jump into the talk here is I do just want to acknowledge that this is going to be the last formation moment for a little bit. So we're going to take a pause here. Um, have really enjoyed doing these, but in order to create some margins for the summer and live into limits, we're going to kind of pause these, but we will still be providing the sermon discussion guides. So we hope that you all are using those in your formation groups or in your individual study and still going deeper with the sermons. That's still going to be a great resource to find um, specific formation tools that apply the sermons to your life. So keep looking at those and leaning on those in this time. Um, and we'll give some announcements later on about how we come back into these kinds of moments. But just wanted to make that clear. All right, Pastor Drew, let's jump into this sermon. So um, I I think one thing that I'm like appreciating now after um, being in Anglicanism or being in our church now for several years is that we get to like re be re reminded of these moments year after year. And that's really kind of special. So one of my reflections during the sermon was like, I'm really glad that we kind of take this moment each year to acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and what that can mean for the church going forward and to have that vision casting moment. So I thought the sermon was great at doing that. Um, and, and in the intro, you really leaned into that. So talking about the connection uh, to this story, to the larger story of scripture. And so, yeah, I would love for you to talk about a tool that we've talked about many times before, but talk about the lectionary, specifically kind of the daily office lectionary. What are those readings at the bottom of our weekly emails and how can they help us make sure that we are kind of living out this story over time, over and over again? Yeah, yeah, great, great question. I knew you were going to start there. I, I, I know Benjamin enough. Uh, I knew that he was going to ask about that. Yeah, so I mean, it's the reality is, uh, so so much of us who have, so many of us who've grown up in the church, uh, we kind of have a, a a New Testament heavy diet. Uh, if, yeah. if we're honest, we we know the, the you know the greatest hits, the, the Noah uh, story, Jonah, you know Abraham. But we don't really know the breadth of the Old Testament. And it's intimidating. Like if you, you know, get your Bible out, the bulk of it is Old Testament. And like, you know, plowing through Leviticus is rough. Um, but when we don't have a, a good understanding or a, a robust understanding of the Old Testament, we miss a lot of what the New Testament is really speaking to because we miss the context of it. And so what we talked about this morning was that when we understand Acts 2 just by itself, it's an incredible story. But when we understand Acts 2 in the light of what happened in Genesis 10 and 11, we understand the redemptive nature. And all of a sudden, like, the cool story becomes an incredibly beautiful story of the gospel. And so the lectionary or the daily office readings is a three-year Bible reading plan. And so uh, when Pastor Matt puts together his Monday emails, uh, he has links to the daily readings uh, for each day of the week for that coming week. And you can always, you know, it links to a website and you can do that on your own. You don't even need uh, to link to a specific Monday email. Um, but you'll have Old Testament readings, uh, Psalm readings, uh, Gospel readings, and New Testament readings uh, every day. And so, it, you know, since the course of three years, you're going to read uh, pretty much the entirety of the Bible. Um, and we would encourage you to say, you know, even if 
you know, you you don't do it every single day. You miss a day. We're not legalistic. You're not earning anything from God. Um, but leaning into that inner in a rhythm to where you, you know, you're knocking out some of those scriptures in the morning. You're taking us some time at lunch to read some of the scriptures or in the evening. And you don't have to spend forever, you know, in an in-depth study on Genesis, you know, 22. Um, but maybe your Bible study wants to do it, and that's great. But just kind of uh, absorbing that scripture, we're trusting in the Lord, in the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, that they, that through over time, we have a better, better understanding of God through reading the Bible. And it's kind of like health. Like, I was talking to Pastor Matt, and we were joking. I was like, I don't have a clue what happens when I choose a salad over a fried chicken sandwich in my body. Like, yeah. Maybe somebody else, I don't know. But I'm trusting that the more salads I eat, the more jogs I take, I'm going to end up healthier in the long run, even if I don't immediately you know, see it. So that's kind of the, the leaning in with a daily office. Yeah. And I think what's cool about it for me is it's that little bit at a time that grows that muscle in, in, in such a healthy way, right? We forget. And sometimes um, our muscles like forget that they can do really strong things. And I think about this, like um, throughout COVID, one of the things with working out for me, if I don't have like some kind of challenge, uh, then it's not that exciting. And so I, I've done all these little 30 day challenges. So it's like 10,000 pushups in a month or 20,000 squats or whatever, like these crazy things. And they're big numbers up front when you look at them, but really it's like breaks it down. It's like, you're starting with a hundred a day. And then by the end of it, you're cranking out 300 squats in, you know, a couple minutes. And you're like, I didn't even know my body could do that. But if I had started and said, like, I'm just going to do 10,000 squats today, there's no way, right? And so I think we can approach the scriptures in a similar kind of way of like, if you just lay the book on the table and think, I'm going to read this whole thing, I'm just going to know this story well, you're probably not. Like either your form is going to be bad, you're going to burn yourself out, or you're going to hurt yourself, like whatever things happen if you try to work out too much. And so I love the daily office because it's just that little discipline, that daily habit, but it makes you really strong. It makes you have a really comprehensive picture of the whole scripture. And then I think when you pair it with this idea of the Holy Spirit, it's like a really powerful window into like letting God speak to you on a daily basis, like taking something in the morning and saying, I'm going to like meditate on this all day. And then just watching where it shows up in your life has been a really powerful practice for me of like there have been many, many times when in a gospel reading, Jesus asks a question like, what do you need? Or um, do you want to be well or whatever it is? And when I think about it throughout my day, it like, yeah, it just takes that to another level. So I think um, just just a plug here for if there's one formation thing you take from this year, however long we've been doing formation moments, there's nothing that's going to form you more than reading God's word, right? Like all these other practices are great, but reading God's word daily is like the one for understanding the story of God better. Um, which kind of segues to that next point, which was like, they knew God and forgot, right? Mm. Like, and we're like that. So yeah, maybe besides Bible reading, which we just talked about, what would you say are some kind of those tried and true practices for us to not forget what God has done in our lives so that we don't um, fall into that trap or that temptation that we see over and over in scripture? Oh, that's good. I mean, yeah, I think that there's, uh, I think about this both corporately and individually. And I think this is, um, I don't know why I'm getting emotional by this. I, I think this is one of the beauty, beautiful parts of being a part of the church is that I'm, my faith 
is I'm inspired by being reminded of God at work when I see him at work in other people. Mm. Um, and I get, and I get, I, you know, one of our best parts about, you know, you and I's job as being pastors is that we probably get to hear more about this than, than your normal person um, at the church. Um, and it's why, you know, now with you know, life getting back to normal a little bit, you know, hopefully we can get some more testimonies going on Sundays because it's an opportunity for us just to be, just to hear God at work in somebody else. And we remember, oh God, God hasn't forgotten about mm, us. Like mm-hmm. If he could, you know, help this woman out who just had her car stolen and, and she's still proclaiming the goodness of God and she's seeing his hand at work in her life. It's like, oh, I can, I can trust him. Like if my paychecks are, you know, feeling like they are, you know, are erratic right now. And I don't know necessarily I'm going to get paid. It's not me, but in, in general, I'm going to get paid, you know, the same amount next month as it was last month. But like a lot of folks with their jobs, it's like, I, I see somebody else. I can trust that better. So you got to work in somebody else's life. And the second thing is, I mean, this is an opportunity to journal, like, and mm. to say, like, let me, let me have a, a separate page of your journal. Second, you know, maybe the last five pages where you're just writing down, here's how I've seen God at work. Because yeah. I really think in our, in our lives, if we're honest, like if we think back on, you know, if we think back on the last week or the last month, it feels like the the parts where we, um, you know, we felt lonely, or we felt sad or we felt disenfranchised, those feel very loud. Yeah. And oftentimes when God has been at work, we just are like, oh, yeah, of course, that was great. And then we it, like it's a whisper in our memory. But if yeah. we write it down and remember, oh, no, like he did he did provide friendship when I was really lonely in this time. Oh, he did, you know, he did work through, you know, a, a, a coworker or a friend sending me a text when I was having a really hard time dealing with a memory. Like even little things, you know, writing those down to, to remember them and to read them, I think is very, very helpful. Yeah, that's good. I think part of that is like just normalizing, talking about the activity of God in our lives, right? With others mm-hmm. and with ourselves. Like, I think we do a good job of it when we're asked about it, right? So I kind of think about those things like uh, that are on my calendar as I go through my week that if it's not there, I'm not going to think about it. But if I know like oh, I'm meeting with this person, then I know I need to think about the things that I'm going to talk about with that person. And I think it can be similar with God. It's like if we've not normalized talking about the activity of God in our lives with others and with ourselves, we will quickly – um, start to believe that it's just us, right? That like we're just really good and cool and talented and whatever. We we just are making it happen because a lot of our life is like automated now, and so we'll forget like you know all this stuff. So I think just normalizing, um, normalizing talking about the activity of God is what I hear you saying or a distilling from that, um, and I think that's a good practice. And so last one here to end is um, gratitude as a marker of a healthy church. Really good stuff. Um, we often talk about gratitude. Um, I love the way you talked about it as recognizing um, all good things coming from the Lord. And I love how you talked about it as gratitude is giving up so that others can have. And so I think for this last question, I don't want to ask so much about what are the practices, but I want to ask about what are the questions? Like what are the questions or what are the places in someone's life that they need to be examining um, their, their giving and their generosity, not just mm-hmm. with their money, but where are those other places to look to say, am I being a grateful and generous person? Where should, where should we be looking in our lives? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea of that gratitude leading to generosity and what does that look like? Yeah, yeah. and how do we how do we ask? That? I mean, it's a it's a good question. Um, I mean, I think that like one marker for me um, can be, and this I don't know, this may be di- maybe difficult to explain, but like wh- where where am I worried? Like, wh- mm. like when I think about what I'm worried about um oftentimes it is it, I'm, I'm going back to this like scarcity mindset that they had in genesis 10 and 11 that they didn't have in act two and where i'm worried it's like if i'm worried financially like our kids you know like you we've got like 19,000 children and they're all cost more money right it's like yeah. you know it's like soccer used to be we could play soccer when they were three or four in the lawn now like soccer's like okay here's you know a fee that we pay for this or whatever it is and and they're going to cost more money as they get older. Um, and the reality is, like, I if I, I I will catch myself at times like nervous and worried. I'm like, well, how is, you know, what does that look like uh, in the long run? And where does this money come from? And it makes me, it, it reminds me that like when I'm worried about money, I I get real tight and I don't get generous. So it's mm-hmm. not only like. The, 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 the remedy for worry is to acknowledge the Lord's goodness and kindness and be grateful for all the ways he's provided those back in my journal to be able to trust for the future. But then that leads to generosity. Like if yeah. I can trust that he's going to provide in the future, like I can give, I can give and I can be generous and I don't have to hoard just in case he doesn't provide. So I think being honest about our worry or our nervousness uh, yeah. is a good place to start. Um, but yeah, and I think that, I think, other, I mean, it was another beauty. So it's individual and let's talk corporately because I, I love getting both of those in the mix here. I think in some ways it's like being around people. Like, mm. I think I'm inspired. And it's a story I told yesterday where uh, I'm, you know, show up to somebody's house and multiple people like are driving other people's cars. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I want to be this generous. Like, this is yeah. like, we can do this. Like, I'm literally watching you be respond to the gospel with a generosity towards other people. And it, it sharpens me, just like it says in Proverbs, like, iron sharpening iron. Like, that sharpens me to say, oh, I, I want to lead a life more like that. And the most, yeah, I talked for days about this, but the generous people oftentimes, or almost every time, are the most joyful people in life yeah. and i'm like i want that joy and not that generosity you know we are generous in order to get joy but they go hand in hand with each other and i'm like i want some of that yeah yeah so i think what i'm hearing is just like looking for the places in our life where we're where we're holding back right where we're holding back at, or we're or, or our hands are closed right so um thinking about like any situation we're in and thinking about like where are my hands closed and where is that like keeping me from being able to not just release right whatever it is but also receive that joy and receive that whatever else when we open our hands to i think what god wants to do in our lives and i think that's what we see the disciples doing in this story is like we are they are waiting open-handedly for the holy spirit and then they move out um, in a really powerful way with that in that same posture, releasing everything they have 
to the Lord to radically reshape the world, um, which is ultimately where you pointed us in the end. So um, thank you so much for the sermon. Thanks for doing this formation moment with me. Uh, friends, as always, if you have questions, you can reach me at Benjamin at RedeemerATL.org, Drew at RedeemerATL.org. If you have uh, anything you want to talk about formation-wise in the coming months ahead, not going anywhere just because we're not doing the formation moment. So please, yeah, keep reaching out to us um, as a resource as you're walking and journeying together. But thank you all so much and have a good summer. Peace.